Hello, Saltines. Hi. We uh, had a, a slow and casual kind of day and felt that a, a change of scenery uh, uh, would be uh, would be nice. Um, so I'm going to have my phone in my face for a bit tonight because I want to make sure that I read the notes that I prepared on this. Um, first thing that I want to say, oh, you're, you're like all bundled up. I'm chilling. Okay, you're you're like okay, okay. Um. Anyway, um, I can't do that. If I cover myself, then Roxy will think I'm dying. Is true? Yes, Roxy me. will come to try to save you, and she will interrupt the episode. All right. So, uh, I tried to share an episode last week, um, and I have I am technologically inept, and I don't know why. I still don't know why. But uh, for some reason, the volume on that episode chose to cut out. So um, so I deleted that episode. And so what I initially shared on that episode, we are going to go over on this episode. Um, with uh, an extra thing, because we've had in the last week uh, contact from another Salty who asked us or wanted us to talk on something else. So how does that sound, Austin? That sounds lovely. Oh, good. I'm so glad you're on board. Um, all right. Hopefully the uh, volume is clear. People can hear us. This this soundtrack is is has got loud. It would seem. I'm going to turn this down just a bit. Just use your outside voice. Uh, I don't have an outside voice. We all know that. I don't have the lung capacity. All right. So let's let's dive in. So uh, where I really, really want to go uh, first is I want to thank a a saltine who contacted us within probably like the last two or three weeks with uh, basically just a just a simple thank you. Um, and they they specified in that message to us that they they appreciated that when we talk on the podcast, when we share information with you here, that we keep it real, that we uh, don't sugarcoat, that we don't try to paint, paint a pretty picture, that we are just very direct um, and we, we keep it real. Um, so thank you to that Saltine. Um, yes, thank you. But that note and and kind of the response, even that I sent just like a brief message back through YouTube, I believe it was. Um, I, I wanted to talk a little bit more about that because that really kind of got me thinking about the nature of communication, um, the need for honesty in communication, particularly as we understand that our communication and our voice can be um, a really powerful means of energetic exchange, uh, you know, our voice is something I think that would help us to certainly capture, to shape and project uh, our intent and our personal power in the process of spiritual and magical work. I would, would agree. you agree? I would agree. Okay. All right. So anyway, but I wanted to talk about that though, because um, I think that realness, honesty, and integrity in communication is something that is, um, can be, can be very lacking in the spiritual community. 100%. Um, and I think it makes a bit of sense, Austin, again, would you, you kind of back me on this, that I think so much in the spiritual community, so much of what we talk about is really kind of left primarily in the realm of the abstract. Yeah. Right. Um, and it gets difficult, I think, for some people to maintain levels of honesty that they should when they don't really have tangible things around to kind of fall back on right you know it's very easy i think for us to 
you know, just go, oh, well, I mean, there's really no way of knowing. So I can basically say whatever I want, right? Exactly. Um, the problem with that kind of thinking, though, is that there is a way to know. And we we see that really commonly when we look at things like the shared gnosis that mm-hmm. we see happening within particular communities. You know, we've talked about unverified personal gnosis on the podcast before, yeah. right? Which I think is really uh, one of the big sources of dishonesty and and miscommunication, misconceptions, and yeah, lies within the spiritual community. Um, but I also know that um, there's there's another, I think, um, I would say even more insidious reason for some of that dishonesty. So I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um why do you think it's so hard, you know, when we look at the spiritual community? Why do you think it's so hard? Why why is there so much deception out there? What is that? What, do you, what do you think is at the root of that? I think what's at the root of it is fear. But I also think what's at the root of it is we have people jumping from one religion to another. Okay. And what does religion teach us religion teaches us to be dishonest yeah to be hypocrites and it teaches us to be hypocrites and so i think it's a lot of religious trauma okay so you mentioned hold on so, so real quick so you mentioned fear mm-hmm. can you can you clarify that for me are we talking fear on the part of the person who is speaking the lie yes fear okay. fear of judgment because they don't want to be perceived as not knowing what they're talking about or not legitimate or not real or not cool. Okay. Okay. All right. I, I can see that. I think insecurity and fear comes up in another way. You know, this is going to kind of connect me to what I was saying. I want to go about another reason why I think there's so much deception, not just in the spiritual community, but just in general just yeah. humanity. You know, I think that um, in, in recent years, uh at least as long as i've been conscious of the nature of communication just in in general right um and i'm gonna say right now that like i don't think anybody watching this episode including me you know i don't i don't think anybody can say that they are are completely honest 100 of the time but in saying that i also want to say i think that those moments where maybe we do find that we are being deceptive or maybe we're just omitting something, right? Which is still a lie. A lie through omission is still a lie. Uh, but in just normal day-to-day conversation, I think a lot of us, because we are just at the, these, we, we have just hit the limit of our emotional bandwidth. We just don't have the spoons, whatever you want to call it. I think that sometimes it's it's easier or it gets easier for us to tell the white lies because sometimes having to explain the truth having to deal with a follow-up conversation can be emotionally and mentally exhausting. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, That's one thing I notice that I, I see when I have had interactions with people and I find out later on that they've been deceptive or I can sense that they're not being honest with me. More often than not, that's usually what's happening. Um, it's very rare for me these days that I encounter personally, encounter people where we have communication and I find that they have lied to me with the intent to be uh, malicious, right? And more often than not, it comes down to, um, as I mentioned a moment ago, that issue of emotional bandwidth. But I think, as I mentioned several moments ago, one more insidious reason really for that is I think that it's difficult for us to be vulnerable. And I think that truth and honesty in communication requires a degree of vulnerability. I would agree. Okay. 
Um, and that I think is really going to be kind of the thing that connects for me most, I think connects this to the, again, the concept of honesty in communication and energetic exchange. Uh, because I think that there are a number of people out there. We all know this person, right? For me, you are this person. Um, just as I'm sure I am this person for you. And apparently for the majority of the people that come into the shop and are also part of the coven, um, there are people out there I think who are outwardly, uh, they are perceived to be intimidating. You know, they are very guarded. They are, uh, they people, again, people perceive them as being untouchable, mm -hmm. right? And that could be something that they consciously are projecting, like they're doing that, right? Yeah. You know, they want that to be, believed right they want people to think that they are like i'm this big badass and nothing can phase me yeah. nothing can hurt me right and i think there's a misconception in our society now that that kind of behavior that somehow that that's strength or that, yes. that is a show of strength right that persona yeah but that is a show strength toxic masculinity well we do certainly see that as a component of toxic masculinity too right but i don't i see this in people other than cis uh cis men you know, or just men in general, I should say. I, I see this in everybody now. I've had a number of interactions with women where that has very much been like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, you just, you just do not, you do not care. You do not want to go there. And if you can get, do anything right now to avoid giving me an honest answer, you're going to. Beyond that, there is, I think, because women in particular are victimized just in general, victimized more in our society and our culture. I think that there is, uh, understandably, a lot of issue with women needing to be carved, feeling okay. carved, right? But getting back to my point, okay, I think that that kind of strength, that show of 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 guardedness, of 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 being untouchable, I think that that is a misconception, or I think it's a misconception for us to see that as strength, because I, I would say one hundred percent of the time, once you're able to kind of like you know, poke a little hole in that armor, right? Everything beneath that is like soft and squishy and extremely insecure. Yes. And, you know, and, you know, it's, so for me, if, if you wanted to, wanted to, to see that as a source of strength, for me, that would be a very um, brittle kind of strength. Yeah. It would be a very like, like, this isn't really strength. Like you're not really strong in this way. You're not really strong. Eh, you know, period, right? Vulnerability, I think, is really going to be a much more, a much stronger position to exist in, to be vulnerable in whatever sense of that word, right? Mm -hmm. And obviously, none of us want to be taken advantage of or hurt, right? Um, but I think that we can be vulnerable and at the same time also work to assert healthy boundaries. Asserting healthy boundaries does not mean that you have to be like some tough as nails badass. True. Right. You can still be compassionate and kind and mm -hmm. soft, right? And still be vulnerable and strong. Right. So there is great strength in vulnerability. Yes, there is. Right. Um, and as I was mentioning on the podcast I tried to, to post last week, vulnerability, I think, gives us strength because it allows us to maintain a position of openness where we can be fully open to what it is we're experiencing. Right. It doesn't close us off being vulnerable doesn't close us off mm -hmm. <clears throat> in the way that that excuse me that facade right that fake you know guarded thing that some people do right that closes us off 
And when we do that, we, we ultimately, we miss out on opportunities in our lives. Um, you know, we don't grow in the ways that we need to, right? Because mm-hmm. we don't allow ourselves to be exposed to the things that we need to, to be able to grow. Yeah. Right. Um, beyond that, I think that um, being vulnerable gives us the ability to be adaptable in the sense that we are better able to accept and roll with whatever it is that may come our way. Right. And that's true strength, right. Being able to adapt, you know, being strong doesn't mean that whatever it is that hits us doesn't phase us. It means that it phases us, but we recover and we move forward and we fight through it, whatever it may be like quickly. Yeah. Right. And we're good. Right. How to work through it. Exactly. Or with it. Exactly. So, you know, so I think that it's, um, it's important to look at this distinction. Okay. But getting, getting back to the nature of communication, you know, um, I wanted to say that I, I I think that most of us have had a conversation at some point these days, a lot, probably almost every day for us, unfortunately, uh, for all of us. But I think that um, a lot of us have had that conversation where we've been listening to what someone is sharing. Right. Mm -hmm. And we get that feeling almost like, it's, it's a logical thing on one hand or an analytical thing and a common sensual thing on one hand, because if we have any degree of life experience, usually we're able to kind of, you know, put the pieces together, figure out like, oh, this story can't really does this doesn't add up like this thing. This can't really be what's going on because, you know, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Right. But I also think a lot of us get kind of like a psychic ping, you know, like your spidey sense starts to tingle, you know, and you get that little voice in your head. That's like, this person is, leaving something out yeah this person is it feels empty being yes exactly that it leaves you feeling like oh god there's a huge hole in this conversation and when you find a huge hole in a situation like that that is usually going to be a huge hole for not only the miscommunication the deception but also a huge hole for any real intent or power that could potentially have been exchanged yeah in that conversation right mm-hmm. so i i think that um we need to be careful about that. And that's one of the other reasons why we try to be very honest with you on the podcast, why we try to keep it real on the podcast and not just on the podcast. You know, I made a comment several moments ago about how even I have issues or I can struggle depending on what I'm dealing with, with being completely honest and open about things. I think it's just a human thing. I think that we all do, Um, except for you because you are perfect. Um, I wouldn't say I'm perfect, but I will say that I'm less likely to sugarcoat shit. And well, I think there's a difference between sugarcoating and, and just like lying about something. I probably, I'm so sorry. Why are you yawning? Jesus Christ, every podcast episode. Um, Why are you coughing? Even, Jesus Christ, even every other, podcast I, episode. I'm not coughing. Oh, you already did. You yawned on Jack's podcast. Anyway, um, yeah, that's right. Mr. I just got a massage and I'm all cool and relaxed. Thank you, seven-tailed fox massage. Yeah, shout out. If you were in Salt Lake City, uh, do a Google search for seven-tailed fox massage. Uh, the uh, person who who owns and operates that studio is amazing. Yes, very good. They know exactly what they're doing. They're a very talented energy worker as well. Um, that was a, a weird, unplanned, uh, and also... Uh, unpaid for advertisements. Yes. Um, anyway. Uh, but I think that we, 
when I have moments, when I talk personally about how, when I have moments in my life, in my life where I can see like, well, I wasn't entirely honest in that interaction, or I didn't give that person the whole story. That usually, that, that is not in the context of what we do on the podcast. That is not in the context of what we present in our classes, mm-hmm. right? It can't be because in that situation, if only in that situation, I need to be, my honesty needs to be impeccable. I need to be completely upfront with what I'm presenting. Yes. Not only because I don't want to be a shit human being and lie to somebody, particularly about something like their spiritual belief or practice, because that's a fucked up thing to do to somebody. Yes, it right? is. People get hurt when you lie to them about that stuff. Um, but also, I I know that there are people who watch the podcast, who join us here on the podcast, who take our classes, who come in and visit the shop, who come in and get readings, right? And a lot of those people are also highly intuitive. And they are going to sense at some point, they are going to get a feeling like, wow, dude was really not honest with me today. Fuck him. I will not be back. Mm-hmm. Okay. I will not listen to this podcast. Anymore, right. And I, I don't want that to ever happen. I don't want to be a source of disillusionment in anybody. Um, beyond that, I don't want anybody running around out there going like, yeah, dude, Mike's a big old fucking liar. Right. Don't call me a liar. I'll cut you. You were very quick to nod your head just then. Are we going to have to have a conversation off camera, Mr. Tony? No. I love you. You're deviling me. I am. I'm, I'm at that point of the night where I'm like, I'm kind of punchy because I think I'm just tired enough from the day, but also like, I don't know. Are you high? I am not. I swear to God, I am not high. Um, I'm not high either. Anyway, um, you know, getting back to honesty and communication, though, um, this is what happens when we record the podcast in our home. We are not at all on track, but that also is usually pretty typical for us. I know. I'm like, when that's different, how? Yeah, we need to be better. Um, no, people like like the candidness. There's nothing wrong. Well, I mean, we can be candid and also stuff. Eh. Anyway, we're still presenting right, so, good information. Okay. Anyway, well, so far, continue. I haven't really presented any good information. Continue with your thing. You know, this has basically been like a monologue. Um, no, I, I where I was going to go next is, and I want to just kind of see what you thought about this because I know again in looking at things like honesty and communication, there do seem to be a lot of people within the spiritual community, specifically different aspects of the spiritual community. There do seem to be a lot of people out there who actually seem to be happy with and who actively kind of seek the lie Mm -hmm. and it's kind of been my observation over the years that people who are comfortable in their spiritual practice in basing what they're doing on deceptions right like Mm -hmm. i mean i mean and i'm not talking like you know like somebody told you this thing and you really just don't know like I'm talking like people who completely disregard any kind of intuition. They completely disregard any kind of common sense, any kind of logic or analysis. There is no critical thinking, right? They completely throw all of that shit out the window in the pursuit of that pretty, pretty lie, right? Like bullshit stuff. Like we're all star seeds, fifth dimensional consciousness, angel numbers, like that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Like, lies 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 and if you gave any kind of 
logic, any kind of analysis, any kind of skepticism, whatever, and actually bother to do a little bit of research, you would very quickly find like, yeah, this is a lot of bullshit. And this person who's been telling me this, yeah, they have lied to me and have probably taken all of my money in the process. I actually had a very interesting conversation the other day. Oh, do tell. <clears throat> about angel numbers in the shop. Uh-huh. And it was this. I went, have you ever noticed that all the angel numbers basically say the same exact thing, just different verbiage? And they're like, what? I said, yeah, that's why I don't do the whole angel number thing. Because... 111 basically says the same thing as 888, which basically says the same thing as 333, which basically says the same thing as this. And they were like, no, I don't think so. And they started looking things up online and they're like, oh, I'm like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. literally saying the same thing. Yeah. You are loved and cared for. So angels are watching yes, you. Angels are watching you. you. You're on the right path. Your, your, your purpose in this life is divine in origin. It's very much a like, um everyone's special yes well and and we are we're all no if everyone's special that means no one is special i read that stuff on i don't to be honest like over the years i've thought about what that means to be special and i'm like that seems like a lot of extra work to be special (laughs) and i'm fucking busy enough you know like there's responsibility like if you are someone watching this right now and you are legitimately legitimately a special person and i mean special in the sense that like you are um bigger better more than everyone else around you in your life right and i would hope that i would hope that you wouldn't genuinely feel that way you can move objects with your mind because that's a fucked up way to to live and be but but i would think that um like i'm talking objects i'm not talking like paper i'm talking like i want you to lift a car yeah um with your with your brain power um but if you are one of these people that is very special like this um what are you doing with that what are you doing with that like where is your responsibility you know uh because if you have those kinds of gifts if you are that that special amazing person uh have you taken a look outside your window at the condition that the world is in right now and i guess that's the issue i have with these people that have these like messiah complexes it's like they're like, well, it's all about me, and I'm so powerful, and I'm so enlightened. And it's like, okay, well, what are you doing with all of that, other than just like sitting in your basement, or most likely your mom's basement, and uh, you know, rubbing your crystals and steaming your yoni and uh, clearing your chakras. It's and... always the yoni that you have to go to. I don't know. I think it's fascinating. There's kind of a part of me like I wish sometimes, like I wish I had a yoni just so I could actually get it steamed. Because I want to know what it's about. I'm like, there's this part of me that's like, I want to go in and I want to take off all my clothes from the waist down. And I want to sit on a special yoni steaming chair that has like a little hole in it so that the steam can rise up and get your your, your no-no. And, yeah. um, and I want them to like put like boiling water in that. So it's all like vapors. Roxy, for God's sake. Ugh. Why are you such a pain in the ass? Anyway, but I want them to like put like um like cinnamon essential oil and stuff. In oh there. my god, no! Like I want to take that risk. I want to be that person. It'll be like an episode of like um like Fear Factor. They'll be like, can we scald this man's vaginal mucosa with cinnamon essential oil? You know, can we like, you know, like how long can he sit there while we? steam his yoni 
Um, Can we get back to the subject matter? Yeah, I'm sorry. You kind of got me on a weird tangent there. Anyway, there are a lot of people out there that seem really happy to believe the lie. Yes. Of spirituality or things that they're told. And there's a part of me that when I see that, I and in getting to kind of know these people, because I'm always fascinated by that. Like when I encounter people like that, um, I always kind of want to dig into that. I always want to talk with them. I want to find out like the root of that. Like, why, why do you believe this? You know, um, and it's for me, it's not a gotcha moment. For me, it's almost like a psychological thing. It's kind of like a, I need to understand why, you know, kind of a thing. And with the nature of the work that we do, we have conversations with people like this all the time. Mm -hmm. You and I have a really interesting window into this kind of phenomena, mm -hmm. right? Um, but for me, I, I think I, I've kind of am of the opinion that people who want to settle or, or actively seek out and believe the lies when it comes to spirituality, right? Um, they within themselves seem to have some sort of personal problem just in general with honesty. Like I've noticed that a lot of them have a very difficult time also communicating honestly, you know, and living uh, honestly and with integrity. Okay. Right. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I guess I could see that. I, I've had interactions with people who want to lead the pretty shiny sparkly lie and they've fed into the Kool-Aid. And then the minute you actually start to talk with them about things that are real, or you point out certain things that apparently their angel numbers haven't told them. Um, they like get embarrassed. They're like, huh? Yeah, I really need to do like personal work. And it's like, shouldn't you be doing that all the time? I mean, everything we do is personal work, whether we're doing it consciously. So it's just, I, 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 I guess the thing that the thing that I love about those Okay. You should probably speak up. Just, uh, the things that I love, the thing I love about those interactions is when they double down. Like, and I'm not even talking like initiating an argument because it does no good to argue with these kinds of mentalities. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I think that um when you meet someone and they throw right. out something, hey, and they throw out something that is, sorry, management is with us because we are home. And uh, one of them in particular is being a very bad girl. She's not being uh, a bad girl. She's fine. See, she leave can she be quiet and fine? We're trying to record and she already smacked the camera. But to be fair, it is on the corner of the coffee table. And she has a big head. She does have a big head. Like it's like a melon. It's like an orange on a toothpick. Anyway, um, you have that conversation mm -hmm. and that person is like, you know, they say, they throw out, they rattle off some ridiculous nonsense, right? You know, and you ask them like, well, can you tell me like where you heard that? Or like, do you know where that belief originates? You know, um, and in the process of asking those questions, I again, I'm not trying to like make a gotcha kind of moment for these mm -hmm. people. For me, it really is a like, let's sit down and let's talk about this so that you can kind of understand a bit more where this comes from or what the roots of this may be. Or maybe you'll realize that this, this is really kind of something that you've chosen to believe, but this is baseless. There really is nothing to really validate this, right? Um, you know, and instead of being open to that exchange, even if it doesn't change their mind, you know, because I'm, I'm not about changing someone's mind necessarily, right? For me, it's just about getting them maybe to open their mind, right? Um, but in that exchange, they double down and they come back with that, like, well, you just don't understand because you're not spiritually enlightened enough like me. 
Um, and I love that kind of response from people because what that tells me is that they are one super insecure about what they're putting their faith in, right? They realize on some deeper level that they don't really have an answer and that they haven't really done their research and haven't learned what they think they have, um, you know, which is fine because that means, you know, they just have a little more work to do, right? God, we all do, right? We're all doing work. But, um, but for me, that's also a moment where I'm like, okay, so you've put your belief and your faith in something that is really completely baseless so that you don't really have any knowledge of. It's like you, you bought in, but you don't know why, mm -hmm. right? Other than it feels good and it sounds pretty, right? And now you're going to justify that when you are, your belief system or what you're presenting is kind of questioned. You're going to double down and you're going to come back with something else like, well, I'm enlightened and you just don't understand because you're not where I'm at on a spiritual level, which also is baseless mm -hmm. and not rooted in anything real or tangible right because nobody can tell you that they are more enlightened than you pay attention to this no one can tell you that they are more enlightened than you that they know better than you when it comes to spirituality they may have more knowledge as it would relate to practice they may have more knowledge as it might relate to the spiritual practices and traditions of people prior right they might have knowledge of archaeological and historical significance as it would relate to spiritual practice but no one out there can tell you and absolutely be correct in saying that they are better than you more enlightened than you spiritually that is bullshit well and i'll just say as someone who did a lot of anthropology courses one of the most amazing things my one of my anthropology professors ever told me was you can't be enlightened by saying you're enlightened if someone says that they are enlightened or they have reached enlightenment they're not because a truly enlightened person wouldn't have to say that exactly right i mean you you talk about like you know you, you think about like as, as ascended souls right like the buddha if you're at all familiar with the, the stories of the buddha and the I, I hesitate to call it the ministry of the buddha because that's not really it but the teachings the teachings of the buddha um yeah he and i'm only using the buddha as an example because he is often one of those characters that pops up when people are like oh the ascended souls enlightened souls right the concept of enlightenment always is going to like run a chain in someone's mind to buddha right um it should anyway because that's one of the areas of the world and spiritual practices that we got that concept from mm -hmm. right but <laughs> but i think that um if you read the teachings the stories about the buddha the buddha was not running around bragging about how enlightened he was right and i'll be honest as someone who i i'm not really i'm not a buddhist i see a lot of beauty to the philosophies uh of of buddhism but um but i honestly i i can't sit here and say that i believe buddha was actually an enlightened soul you know i think that buddha had some really cool ideas um i also think that for buddha to completely abandon his kingdom and his family and his children and all of the other responsibilities that he had so that he could travel the country and wear rags and live off the rice that people fed him as he wandered through their villages i think that was a huge lapse in judgment and a and a big issue with a, a big lack of, a, of responsibility and accountability so i i don't i know i you know sorry, I'm, I'm i'm shitting on the buddha right oh god i'm going to hell anyway um but i don't know i don't know people need to 
people need to get it together. I need to get it together. You're not really contributing much. Anyway, <clears throat> so back to communication, okay? And again, after all of that meaningless rambling or, or winding conversation, I think that- First off, I contributed. It is necessary for us to, I think it is necessary for us, we, we must, we must be honest with people when we communicate anything that has to do with the spiritual. Uh, because- Again, that is very much an exchange of energy. Mm -hmm. And sooner well, we, or later, dishonesty in that kind of an exchange is going to be a problem. Well, we also need to be honest. In order for our own spiritual practices to be real, whether that is witchcraft, whether that is Wicca, whether that is paganism, we have to be honest in our own feelings and um, our own experiences around them. You have to. Because otherwise... If you're taking that spell you did that was just so amazing and so potent and so powerful and and it was a plume of fire and that was your sign that you raised a lot of power, not the fact that you rolled a chime candle in mugwort and honey. Yeah, like there needs to be some honesty there. Um, and if you feel super powerful after you've done that ritual, great, awesome, feel powerful, but also don't, don't be dishonest in that exchange, especially for yourself. Yeah. Well, that's another big way that we see deception kind of manifesting, right? As we deceive mm -hmm. ourselves. Right. It's true. Anyway, one final note on that. I want to say to all of you, um, who, particularly those of you who are magical practitioners, people who do that kind of work in your, as a component of your spiritual practice, be honest in your communication. It doesn't matter if it what the, what the subject is. It doesn't matter who it is. Be honest in your communication, as honest as you can be, because that is always an exchange of energy. And if you want to be able to create more of what you truly want in your life, even outside of, of, of actively casting spells and doing magical work, if you want to create more of what you ideally would like to see in your life, you need to communicate with honesty. You need to, you need to have integrity in that. All right, that's all I'm gonna say on that. <clears throat> so we had a question from Jack, which was an interesting one. Uh, we were on Jack's podcast. Oh, that Jack, okay. Yeah, um, Songs and Sorcery. Yes. Um, and which is uh, fun. It was a fun, fun. It was really nice to actually visit with Jack. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, uh, he, he, him. Yes. Us. He, he came through our area of the country and, mm -hmm. um, and it was a lovely visit. Um, God, once we got talking, God, we went, we were like three hours. It was like, yeah, yeah, it was a very um, long interview. It was, well, it didn't seem that long as a thing. Like we were talking and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And then it was like, oh damn, like it's been like three hours. Um, Anyway, but um, but Jack has posted the first part of that. Yes, on on his uh, stream here on YouTube. So yes. check out the podcast for songs and sorcery, um, and you'll get to see a little bit of uh, Austin and I. Kind of like like we're in the like we're 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 in the hot seat. Yes, we're in the hot seat. We're being interrogated. Um, anyway, uh, Jack asks uh, in a, in a follow up question on the episode that we did on palm reading. Mm -hmm. a few episodes back right um and just for for the record i am going to be talking about palm reading on the podcast more in future i need to sit down and actually figure out how to do that in a way that would actually be most beneficial to to you to our saltines um but i will be talking about palm reading more 
Okay. Um, question from Jack. Uh, okay, let's see. Just basically, just paraphrase. Paraphrase, paraphrase uh, his, his question. Um, Jack inquired about foot reading, like the reading of the soles of your feet. Okay. As something that would be comparable to palm reading. Um, and I want to say yes, absolutely. Um, in the palmistry is one part of a practice that relates, uh, that kind of falls under an umbrella of divinatory methods known as chiromancy. Um, and so you can read the palms of the hand, you can read the soles of the feet. Um, I've talked with a few people over the years that have read things like the, uh, uh, I was talking about yoni steaming earlier and I'm coming back around to that now. I've talked to people over the years who can read the changes in color and texture, the skin color and texture of a woman's vulva. Um, I know somebody who read scrotums, like they would actually like map out the differences in skin texture and even like veins and things that would move through a man's scrotum. They would read that. And all of these things technically fall under the practice of chiromancy. So, um, so yeah, you can totally read feet. Um, and I think it's interesting if you look at other practices, things like, uh, oh God, my mind just went blank. A lot of other like energetic practices like energetic healing modalities and things you'll find that a lot of the meridians and the things that show up in our hands like those have like the other end of those sometimes like that sits in our foot basically like there there's a lot of other energetic connection mm -hmm. moving back and forth not only uh well anatomical right anatomical similarity um palm to foot right so yeah well yeah even in reiki it's really cool because you can like do reiki on the bottoms of someone's feet and it will go through their energetic meridians and affect their entire body. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We had a listener question from someone on uh, the Instahams. Maybe. Maybe. Where are you at? Oh my gosh, look at all of the look at all of the things I get. Oh no, they're there. Okay. Question from a lovely listener. Um, and this was kind of a fun one, and I'm sure you'll have something to contribute here because this is kind of more within your uh, resume of spiritual practices. So oh. they relate this this situation. Okay. okay, they were in a situation where they were doing some traveling, okay. and they needed to get a visa, like very quickly. Okay, so they petitioned Saint Expedite. Okay, to assist them with getting this done. All right, they they did this with no offering. Um, they did not promise to make an offering okay um they did a follow-up on the petition right mm -hmm. uh with a, with some divination some reading that it that did confirm that that expedite did hear them and did okay. assist them and they saw that because they got their visa very quickly they got okay. some resolution of that so they do believe that expedite did, did step in and help them okay okay um after all of this was done um they they still did not go back they didn't continue any of the prayers they they still to this day have not actually made any kind of offering to expedite for that petition okay work so their question was do i am basically like they are like do i still need to basically like make an offering like they you know they do say that after the trip was done that their life actually did start, kind of start to get a little shitty mm -hmm. um and they're like do I, am I in debt to this spirit now? Is that maybe why my life got bad? You know, am I, you know, am I in the wrong for not making, you know, not making an offering? 
Okay. Um, my my response. Okay, and then I I really I want to hear what your, your take on this is. Okay. okay? My response, um, in, in I sent them a very quick response just back on Instagram, but then I thought, okay, let's talk about this a little bit because this is a good thing, I think, for other people to be aware of. Okay. In this situation, because the petition was issued, and traditionally, yes, you would absolutely make an offering to this spirit of some mm -hmm. sort. And these spirits all have like they have a customary offering that they usually accept. Mm -hmm. Um, and expedites offerings are pretty easy, actually. Mm -hmm. Expedite is probably, I think, one of the simplest. Yeah, I'll talk about that. Um, yeah, you should. Um, but my answer to them was basically that that there wasn't really an arrangement of an offering. So for that reason, and because the spirits that we identify as saints are all uh, likely to be, I think, willing to step in to help without necessarily a need of exchange, mm -hmm. right? That's one of the reasons why we identified them as saints, right? It's because they were charitable. Okay. Right? They were willing to do the work. They were willing to help. Okay. Kind of with the understanding that, you know, you know, I'm really probably not going to get recognition or honor for this. Right. And so my answer to this, to this saltine was basically that I, I think that they're probably okay in this situation. Um, but that it never hurts in the aftermath of something like this to still make the offer, you know, particularly because this is a spirit that did help you. And because of that, you might decide somewhere down the line that you want to work with or petition that spirit again. And the next time you were likely to reach out to that spirit, they're going to remember you. They're going to be like, oh, no, no, I remember you from last time. You really didn't honor me the way that I usually like people to, you know, and I gave you like the first one free, but I, I don't think I'm going to be available to help you this time. Right. So that was kind of my answer. Um, what's your take on that? First and foremost, it, do, do we know if this, is this a saltine who considers himself a witchcraft practitioner or do they consider themselves a folk magic practitioner? Oh, no, they, they, don't, they don't identify. They don't identify. Okay. So first and foremost, in a witchcraft sense, yeah, sure. Your, your answer was very much like a secular witchcraft kind of sense. Um, very much like, eh, the spirit decided to help and cool. Awesome. No bad blood there. Um, however, saints in particular and working with St. Expedite, um, you find that a lot in folk magic and conjure and root work um, and hoodoo and, and, and practices like that. And so I'm going to say this. I'm sure the Saltines' intentions were very, very pure and very clear, and that's most likely why St. Expedite came through for you. Um, well, they were... In, in, in a lot of need okay as well okay so all those things are good um get an offering of pound cake specifically sarah lee red roses and water and a red candle and light that to saint expedite i'm not pushing fear i'm not saying that oh no what you did is bad but i am saying this um that is an energetic exchange. You were like, help me. And St. Expedite went, cool. Now, now you're just like, oh, well, 
Thanks, I guess. Okay, but that's okay, but, kind of shitty. Okay, but, well, I, well, no, it, it is. I, I I will agree with you. It's it's kind of shitty. Like I'm gonna be the asshole here and say like if you called me at three in the morning and out of the kindness of my heart, I was like, yeah, I can tell this person really needs help. I'll go pick them up. And I went and I picked you up. And like, then I never heard from you again. And it was just like, oh, I was a convenient taxi. Yeah, I'm going to be a little peeved and pissed off at you. And I'm going to feel a little irritated. And the next time you contact me, I'm going to tell you to go fuck yourself. Um, okay, okay. But hold, okay, hold that thought. Okay. Because and I've got a couple questions for you to kind of maybe help maybe to kind of flesh out this conversation a bit. Okay, so. Okay. Which of these do I want to kind of pause it first? Okay, so your... That is, that I think that is a, a very common and and yeah, I would agree, an acceptable way for a human person to respond to a situation like. Okay, this. but saints were originally human. But we we believe that, or we understand that to be the case. But I I think that in this situation, really, what we're talking about is no longer necessarily a human spirit because a human spirit doesn't have the power to work miracles and shit. Mm-hmm. A human spirit is not going to have the power to help this person get this visa correct so what we're really talking about now is we're talking about some other spiritual intelligence Mm -hmm. okay you can call it an egregore you can call it some other sort of spirit that has just taken the title and the name and the the image of expedite okay so we're not we can't really be talking about a human spirit in this situation true i think it's it's unrealistic for i think it's unrealistic for any of us who work with saints to still view these or see these as human spirits. Okay. Okay. Um, having said that, I want to say once again that we've talked about this before that humans or, or non-human spirits, inhuman spirits, they don't have the same value system. They don't have the same concepts of fair or right or wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. And so with the story you shared about like, you know, I came and picked you up in the middle of the night and I gave you a ride out of the kindness of my heart. And this is how you do me. Like, I don't know that I would say that a spirit like a saint would really have that same response. I'm going to say the experience I've had working with saints, saints can be petty. Well, I'm not saying they can't be petty. Um, and and I will say that the Saint Expedite in particular is petition, petitioned by a lot of people, okay. some of whom are Catholic, some of whom are witches, some of whom are conjuring root workers, some of whom are hoodoo practitioners, and some of whom are just people who found a really cute Pinterest spell and decided to go for it. Um, mm-hmm. And the reality of the situation is, is it's an energetic exchange. And just like when you're working with a deity, just like when you're working with your ancestors, just like when you're working with any other spirit, there needs to be an exchange there. And so whilst I can get on board with how you're putting it and how you responded to this saltine, what's stopping you now from doing it other than, well, I don't want to. Well, I don't well, want to. Well, it's not a matter of maybe you're not wanting to. I think maybe it's a matter of now it's like, like do it. Is, is there a need? I also, I think that one of their concerns, and, and I they didn't say this, but I kind of picked up on this. So hopefully I, I, I hopefully I intuited this correctly. But I also kind of got the, like, now that it's all said and done, I think there's a part of them that also kind of felt that doing it in aftermath was also somehow disrespectful. No, because that's, that's one of the ways that you do that is you petition say expedite you like well, i mean after i mean this is because this is all said and done now i mean this, okay like the whole situation's done cool so i think i think there was a part of them that was concerned they were Pay like the piper 
okay all right even even though some time and some some stuff has, has passed doesn't matter pay the piper you 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 get the things you do the things and you basically say hey Sanex, but i remember that one time that you helped me out yeah i'm really thankful for that i'm not asking you for anything now but Here's something to show my thanks. Another really great way that you can honor Saint Expedite, 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 Saint Expedite, Expedite, Saint Expedite. That was still wow. incredible. Saint Expedite is there. We go. I did it. High five. Is to post about it on social media, go into a Facebook group, or or talk about it on your Instagram or your TikTok or anything like that. Um, and just say thank you, because that's really all Saint Expedite wants. Traditionally, it would be the offerings of pound cake, red roses, water, sometimes wine. Um, usually it's water, Saint Expedite, um, and a candle and light. Um, but in those times where you can't get access to those, a simple public thanks is usually going to suffice. And that's that's with any saint. There are certain saints that like to that, that that require the offerings up front. There are certain saints that could care less if they get the offerings up front or afterwards. But the reality, not the reality, that I should stop saying that. But the commonly accepted you're, you're practice. Start, you're starting to sound like me earlier, like where, where you're, you're rambling now. The common, and well, you told me I wasn't contributing, so now I am. Um I mean, if you want to call that a contribution. I'm going to make Roxy sit on your face and give you the worst allergic reaction ever. I'm not afraid of her. If you're going to be working these things, and this is something that I have been ripping my hair out about for so long, and it's just really oh God, ground. My, I know spot. I have a huge bald spot, oh, and that has just been grinding my gears since I got on the Tiki Talkies is I did this thing and like, yeah, cool. Did you do any form of research? Did you do any form of tradition around it? No, no. sounds hard. No, you didn't. And so again, I could tell the Saltine's heart and intentions and prayers were in the right place. And I'm glad, I'm so glad, Hoday, 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 St. Expedite helped you out. Um, but there is nothing wrong with just giving an offering to a spirit. And I don't think they're, they're, they're not arguing that they were just basically asked, like, what's the protocol in a situation? The protocol is to, so, to, to pay up. It's okay. time. It's, it's time to pay up. So I've got a question. Okay. But okay. I'm, I'm going to pose this question and then I have had a lot of coffee and I have to pee. So I'm going to ask this question. No, we're just going to play because I want you to answer. Okay. Okay. So extreme plus up. Um, so I want you to, you can introduce them to Roxy since she's been trying to introduce herself this whole time. Um, sorry, buddy. I got it. Anyway, so no, my question is kind of along the lines of this conversation because this is something else that this this saltine has kind of kind of inquired is what's the what's the idea based on your traditions and knowledge? Because I, I know I certainly have some of my own ideas on this, but what's your idea on the possibility of being in debt to a spirit like this i don't mean in debt in the sense that like they didn't make the you know make the offering as part mm -hmm. of the petition i mean like what's the likelihood that a spirit like this would actually be like now you owe me and that they would be like maybe potentially coming back at you for something like that later 
I, I firmly believe that that is a possibility. I think you're wrong. Uh, well, that's great. Um, I think there are certain spirits who will be like that. St. Expedite is most definitely not one of them. Most saints aren't going to be like that. I mean, maybe St. Martha the Dominator, but, um, or even, you know, St. Cyprian, but the, there are spirits like that. Um, cause we've all done those things where we have fired off maybe a silent prayer or incantation or lit a candle or thought really, really hard and sent some energy out about something. And then something's happened. And there's a reason why when I go through and I do full formal offerings, one of the things that I say is, um, you know, I give you offerings of, and then I name the offerings. I usually have incense of smoke and flame and voice and breath to those spirits whom I owe debt to and those spirits who owe debt to me, because there are spirits that will be in debt to you as well. Um, come, come and be placated, sit upon the throne. It's actually from a Jason Miller book, which is Jason Miller, Real Sorcery, which is a really good book. Is it real sorcery? Yeah, it's real sorcery. It used to be strategic sorcery, I think. but it's a really good book. And we do have a capability to have that. And there is a particular instance where I have seen this because there are practitioners out there who are arrogant and on their high horse. And for some reason think that the contracts that they make with spirits like the Goetia um, are completely irrelevant and that they can totally forget to give them that offering or go and buy that super fancy thing that the spirit told them they, that they needed and required and they can just get away with it. And then all of a sudden, I don't know where their business is failing, their relationship is failing, their health is failing. And they're like, someone is attacking me. And it's like, no, no one's attacking you. You just haven't followed up with the debt you owe. And now this debt is being paid in full in interest. Back. Uh, oh, did you, were you able to hear what I said? No, because I closed the door and like the fan came on and I, I closed the door. Are you sure you're not high? I didn't want our, I didn't want our saltines to hear me pee. It's weird. I don't like it when you hear me pee. Are you sure you're not high? I'm, I'm really, I'm not high right now. You're being kind of funny. It's cute. So basically what I said is yes. My answer to this is just everything like my answer to everything else. Yes and no. There are spirits who you can be indebted to um who when they call or when they come collecting, you can it, it can be messy. And I use the example of a particular practitioner that we know of who would always become indebted to goetic spirits and then never be able to pay up and then health would fail, family would fail, relationships would falter, business would be bad. Those things were never related. But they were never related that someone else was out to get them. And so they'd go through and they'd do this big on crossing and da-da-da-da-da. And then things would alleviate and then come back. And it wasn't until I finally set them down one day and I said, so when's the last time you actually sat down and did a proper offering and like cashed the checks that you're supposed to cash with these spirits? And they went, oh, yeah. But like, I'm the, I'm the power, like I'm the king of my own castle. And I was like, we, we oh, really don't need to go there. Okay. So no, there are spirits and things like this that you can't, most of the time saints aren't going to be like that, especially St. Expedite. St. Expedite is pretty chill. Um, St. Anthony really could 
give two shits less. St. Anthony, you call on when you lose your car keys. And St. Anthony is like, yo, I got you, you know? But then there are other spirits like St. Cyprian, who I could see being a little petty and holding some debt towards someone. Well, some of those saints, you know, Santa Marta d'Amadore, based on the stories that we have of them, I mean, yeah, you talk about like some pettiness. And we know, like I said, again, we know that those saints, at least as they were, you know, what's believed to have been human, like they did some fucked up shit, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I, again, I want to say, I don't think at this point that we're really still dealing with human spirits. Well, I would agree with that, but that still doesn't mean that spirits can't be petty. Oh, no, they absolutely can be. Um I have another question for you on this. Um, so that's basically what I was saying is like, yes, I believe, I believe yes, but I don't believe that just because you fired off some energy to get something going that now you're in debt to something. I'm I'm a fairly secular witch. I'm a fairly secular witch. Um, I don't sit at my, I don't sit at my altar and call Hecate for every spell I do. I don't do really big, huge devotional rites as often as I usually did. Um, but I know the, the law of exchange. And if someone does something for you, there's always going to be a way that that can come back, or at least it should be in good faith and honesty. Okay. I I agree with you on, on most of that. The only thing, and I think this is probably where I came from with some of like the justification for some of the answer I gave this this saltine, is that um, and this is gonna be probably more of a admittedly, like your your roots, most people who have who follow the podcast for a time are familiar with your roots. But this my my perspective on this is gonna be something again that's coming more from Again, like that, that chaos magician kind of a perspective, mm-hmm. which, and, and what that is in essence is basically that there is energy is, is not finite. I believe that 100%. Um, and so with that in mind, I guess what I'm saying is like, it's not necessarily going to really put a spirit like St. Expedite out to, to help you with something. No, it's not. And and I'm not so saying what that. so what you're talking about really in essence is kind of just like the courtesy, yeah, the ceremony, and kind of the understanding like this is just what we do because if somebody does something nice for you, you should do something nice in return. Yes, right. So it's not a matter of needing to balance the scale spiritual decorum as, as it would relate to like energy or like an energetic debt. Correct. You know, it's not really like that. It's kind of more just like we do this because it's just the right thing to do. Exactly. You know, like if you go to someone's house for the first time, you should bring like a bottle of wine. Yes. You know, unless they're an alcoholic. And then of course you have to bring hard liquor, right? No, um, no, no. You bring shitty AA coffee. Oh God. <laughs> I'm an enabler. Yes, you are. It's okay. Have we beat this one to death yet? I I guess I, I want to kind of like wrap up by kind of saying some more well, stuff. We have one more thing to talk about. Well, that's fine. Give me a couple seconds. Give me a few minutes. Okay. Uh, so, so caught on camera, spousal abuse, you saw it. Um, so, so no, I, I agree with you that way. It's just what you, it, it's just kindness. It's courtesy. And just like you wouldn't expect 
just like, yeah, you might pull over and help that person change their tire. Wouldn't you also expect the same kindness from someone else if it were you? So that's, that's what it is. There are times where there is, in my opinion, spiritual or energetic debt when you're working with particular spirits like Goetia, or if you've made a particular contractual agreement that you have not fulfilled. Yes. And it's not, you've got me thinking about Goetia now. And it's not necessarily helpful spirits, but that that's like a, and it's not necessarily an energetic debt as much as it's like, okay, well, you said you were going to do this thing and I see that you're not doing it and all the stuff that I've already done for you, I'm now going to start to take back. You can't give me what's mine. I'm not going to give you what you thought was yours or what you want to be yours. Does that make sense? True. So anyway, that's my thoughts. That's my opinions. Take it or leave it. I could give two shits less. What's the attitude? No attitude. I just, we care about what our saltines ask. I care what, I care about, I'm not saying that I don't care about it, but what I'm saying is like, you can accept my opinion and my practice and my, my stuff there, or you can go with Mike and it doesn't matter because either way, as long as you are in a good place, you should be fine. Well, the spirit will let you know. It's it's true. You know, when I say that, I don't necessarily mean like that that has anything to do with what you've seen or haven't seen happen so far. Uh, What I mean is basically what I said at the beginning, like, you know, you might, might find somewhere down the line that you need help once again and you want to call on saint expedite and and saint expedite i'll let you know yeah like i'm i'm not available to help you this time because you'll get just radio silence you didn't give me my pancake and let's be real it's 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 delicious never you never come between really anybody and their pound cake. It, you, you, you especially could, that Sarah Lee shit. You that could die. I don't know that I've ever had Sarah Lee. The Sarah Lee shit is good. I've had, my, my mother used to work with a woman who was, I think she was Japanese, uh, named Elsie. She made I love pound Her cake. Her pound cake was so good. I love pound cake. Um, and Girl, yeah. I'm going to have to da- door dash some pound cake. I, I, I got to do it. Uh, you're gonna get pound cake at uh, eleven o'clock. Shut up! Oh, oh no, you started this. You better be ordering some pound cake. All right. Anyway, the last thing I really want to talk talk, uh, talk about on this uh, ridiculous episode. Um, I think it's a lovely episode. We've had fun, and we've we've presented, I think, maybe one or two important bits of information. Um, in the process. But um, we had one of our, our other uh, regular saltines, Hamther, contact us um, to let us know, unfortunately, that another podcast that they've been listening to for a time now, I think, is uh, is now defunct. Like, this, this podcast is no longer streaming, okay. um, if I remember the message correctly. Um, they talked a lot in that podcast about witchcraft as a political kind of a thing or they talked about how witchcraft it is definitely a political kind of a thing yes um and so they were like can you guys maybe talk about that a little bit you know and we and absolutely i, I love this conversation and we we've had this conversation on the podcast before you know um we have from the beginning stated and we talk about this a lot on our other social media feeds and things they witchcraft 
alternative spiritualities, anything that would not be considered an orthodox uh, and, and usually Abrahamic faith, any spirituality that would fall outside of, of those kinds of established religions is absolutely political. It has to be. Otherwise, if, if you if you take, try to take the politics or the political nature out of witchcraft, you don't have witchcraft. You, have you don't religion. have witchcraft. You you have well, not only do you not have religion, but ju just being able to actually practice witchcraft is in itself a political statement. Yeah, literally, witchcraft was because used. You've got people all over the world that are like telling you, like, no, you can't do this. This is bad. This is wrong. And in the process, basically, like bringing to doubt or, or questioning your autonomy, mm -hmm. your religion, your, your spiritual freedom or freedom mm -hmm. of belief and the way that you live your life. And I defy anybody out there to tell me that somebody stepping up, getting into your face and not even, it's not even witchcraft related, this example, but somebody getting in your face and saying that the way you live your life is wrong. You can bet that you're going to fucking get political in that kind of a situation you're mm -hmm. going to be you're, maybe that's the conversation though maybe people don't understand or they don't associate that with politics because that is kind of a nebulous thing right i think if we look at politics we have to realize that politics is not just the way that we see government run mm -hmm. right um which is laughable because yeah, we all realize, at least in our area of the world, that politics has nothing to do with the way that our government is run. It's all money, money, money. Um, but with money, which is also political. Uh, but but I think um, the right to be able to, to say, this is who I am, and I have just as much right to be who I am as you do, even though we're different, that is very much a political issue. Yes. Um. And so witchcraft has always been political. Witchcraft has always been political, historically. I mean, finding curse tablets in ancient Greece to curse the person who was trying to tax you and to bring bright light to their crops. It, it has always been political and should always be political. Well, that even works against us, too. And if you think about, like, the witch trials, mm -hmm. things, right, over, over the years, like, we we know that the majority of those were really based off things like who wanted whose land, yeah, or who wanted to marry whose widow, mm -hmm. right, and shit like that. Like, and those were all very like politically kinds of motivated things. Yes, they were. Right. Um, most of the time, there wasn't even any real witchcraft going on. No. Um, you know, and so so witchcraft has always been political. It will always need to be political as long as we have people in the world who are trying to prevent us from being able to live our lives in the way that we want and just simply exist yeah that too because there are a lot of people out there that would very happily put a bullet in your head if they heard that you were a witch mm -hmm. let me just light my candles and burn my incense and fucking tea yeah we're man. not hurting anybody like we're not hurting anybody but i wanted to expand on that conversation just okay, a little bit harder. right um because we are going into an election year in 2024 a big no. election year and i'm very terrified very terrified. I, I'm 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 afraid of what the year ahead is going to bring us as it would relate to the next president of the United States. Uh, because I think that we are headed toward a repeat of something really horrible that happened a few years ago. And uh and I really hope that isn't what happens, but I'm not really seeing much of an alternative right now. And that makes me really nervous because that man, that 
orange Cheeto motherfucker. He is evil, evil, evil. You want to talk about a source of evil? You want to talk about the Antichrist? He wears a shitty wig and lives in a New York penthouse. Um, anyway, so and shits on a fucking gold toilet. Yeah, he wishes. You know that's gold plate. Tacky ass motherfucker can't afford a solid gold toilet. Especially not with all the shit that we're finding out about his taxes now. Dude is like, there's no way he's as rich as he wants to think he is. Anyway, um, I wonder what a gold toilet, like a solid toilet would cost. That would be a lot of money. I'm not saying I want one because that's disgusting. But Ew. Yeah. Um, anyway, I want to talk a little bit about some of the things that come up when we look at the the interplay of witchcraft and alternative spiritualities and politics. Okay, um, we've already talked a little bit about the idea of like you know like autonomy, individuality, freedom of belief, these kinds of things, right? But I also wanted to talk about these some of these things that we hear about like this belief that a lot of politicians, including the president, the POTUS, uh, that they have witches working for them, um, and the truth behind that is that yes, they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the thing I wanted to talk about with this though, and in looking at maybe putting some information out there for people who are uh, maybe equally concerned about what could happen in the next year here in the US. If you're not, you should be. Yeah, you really should be. Um, don't call yourself an ally and then vote for Trump. If you do that, uh, you're not an ally. You're not an ally. You're a piece of shit. And I hope everything bad that happens to you and has happened to you and will continue to happen to you continues to happen to you. What? What? Anyway, um, the funny thing I wanted to go here around this or the word I wanted to what I wanted to talk about along this point anyway is that yes, world leaders have always had some sort of magical practitioner around them. Mm-hmm. That 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 has just that has always been the case. If you look at the historical records that we have, like like how many times was a a figure, a monarch, a figure of 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 uh politic government authority, whatever, whatever they may be, like they always have advisors and you know, and weird people kind of on the periphery of their cabinets, right? That that are doing who knows what, right? That that's very much a thing. Like the Sultan in Jafar. Uh, I thought just Jafar was the Sultan. Wait, what? No. Oh, the Sultan and Jafar. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Okay, exactly. Um, yes, they have a vizier or Wormtongue and the one die guy. Uh, yes, King Theoden. I don't think Wormtongue really was inherently magical. Wasn't he basically just like a portal for Saruman? Yeah, like he was just like a vessel for Saruman. Yeah, it's magic. Anyway, whatever. Um, same concept. He was just a tool in a couple of ways. Uh, anyway, but I want you to, to to hear me though when I say this, okay? Even though political leaders, these people, some of them very awful, horrible people, very corrupt people who do terrible things, even though they have witches working for them, that does not mean that they are untouchable. There is a lot of conversation out there every time we have a a big, uh, uh, you know, what am I trying to say? election year right people are like oh we got to do something to bind this dude we need to do something to make sure this person doesn't get into office right during those years i hear a lot of conversation around people like well don't even bother wasting your magic because they have all of these witches working for them and your spells will never get through and to that i want to say bullshit bullshit because we've seen things work we have networked with as a coven with other people and we have seen shit happen 
to people that we know had protection from other sources, from other witches. Okay. So I want to talk about that. And I want to let you know that in the next few months, if you feel the need to do something to negatively affect a, a nasty, corrupt, evil politician, or even to help maybe a good politician, don't feel that your energy or that your effort is wasted because these are not, these people are not untouchable. Okay. Um, okay. One of the other things I think to add to that, I think that makes them not untouchable, that makes them very touchable. Thank you. You're very touchable. Thank you. Um, is that we can work our magic and then also support that magic with mundane efforts. Mm -hmm. It's true. So vote and talk to people in your life that you know might be kind of sitting on the fence as it might relate to their decision and help them to learn, educate them a bit if you can. You know, um, we, we need to cut, we always need to pair the mundane and the magical. We always need to work together. So I wanted to talk about that one because I've always thought that was kind of funny. One of the other things that we see happening really commonly here in our area of the world is the influence of the evangelicals, the religious right here in the U.S., or as I like to call them, Jesus Nazis. Nazis. Uh, which is unfortunate because Jesus was actually a pretty cool dude. Yeah. Uh, people who believe and worship him overall are, I find, not so cool. They tend to be pretty hateful and awful people, yeah. at least in the U.S. I mean, they uh, worship a god of war. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. But uh, but I also wanted to talk about this as we're talking about politics, that evangelicals, these spiritual churches, these communities, they do not hold any special power as it would relate to spiritual. They do not hold any special spiritual power as it would relate to determining or or that would allow them to determine an election or to sway political like the influence that they have politically these 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 mega churches that we see the evangelical community within the US the power that they have is not within the realm of spirit they they do not have any power that is above or better or or more directly and impactful in our world than any witch and i have met witches that have more power in them as individuals than an entire congregation of christians because most of those christians are fall are, are fake they're 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 hypocrites. they don't have faith they're liars they have no faith or they're so riddled by their own fear and shame that they could never really hold spiritual power because you cannot hold spiritual power and be riddled and and be basically be a victim to fear and shame yep those things are completely counter to each other so um so they don't hold any special power over elections or political matters okay any power that they hold is going to be found in the money that they influence Right. And the way that they manipulate the the people around their churches. Mm -hmm. Yes, that little thing keeps popping up. And I don't know what that is. What is that? Is it like a reaction to like a thumbs up? I don't think so. Because like, I now I now I can't do a thumbs up. I look like I'm hitchhiking. Going my way, mister. Weird. Um anyway. Um yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not quite sure. I'll be honest. I don't know to what extent Panther wanted us to talk about the politics. I, I don't know, but um, we've done several episodes on it. We have. We, we talk about politics quite a bit uh, with as it would relate to witchcraft because, and I and I, I get frustrated with people who are not able to see the connection there or how they're not able to see that being able to stand up, being able to say like, this is who I am and this is what I believe um, in the face of people who are saying 
no, you're wrong. And I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that you don't get to live your life the way that you want to. I can't understand that the people out there who cannot see that that's a very political thing. Mm -hmm. And should it be? No, it probably shouldn't be. But that's the way our world works now. And we have to work with things as they are. Right. Um, anyway, that's all I've got on that. So. Uh, thank you so much for joining us in our uh, living room space. Uh, did they see Roxy? Um, I don't think they did. Oh, I thought you, I said you should show them Roxy because she's... She was sleeping. Oh, she lay sleeping? Down. Are you sleeping? Yes, her heart has stopped. She's sleeping. She has consumed enough blood. She is now going into slumber. She's going to ground for another century where she will then rise from the grave and feast on the blood of her her, her enemies once again do we oh i don't know do we need to show them roxy i'm sure some of these people have already looked into the eyes of the evil they probably don't need to look at roxy roxy has anybody have any of you ever seen like i'm asking like they can answer me if you ever like seen like pictures of like serial killers like ed gein or uh jeffrey dahmer or can you hear what he calls you, Roxy? I was talking to you. This is Roxy. Is that not the face of evil? Oh my God, the face of evil. Look at those Hello. old, old Hi. dead eyes. Hello, I'm Roxy. I'm management. I'm tired. Uh, you guys work over time. Oh my God. That, that was a big yawn. This is our, this is our camera bumper. And our uh, bark at nothing. Her. Um, oh she's so tired the other, the other one scout is over here but he is just out cold um so we won't put him on camera we're, we're just pissing time away at this point oh please don't do that they do not need to see our messy kitchen thanks so much for that Austin. anyway happy witching bye everybody